When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Peak to Pit, Allie Peak, TJ Pittinger. Really hard week for me, not hard week for you because y'all were on a bye, so there's no FSU loss to uh, mourn about. But uh, man, let's get this out of the way. Let's Ooh. let's let's just well, listen. I'll give you a little reprieve. Um, you would be so proud of me tonight. I am drinking a pumpkin spice mood. This is a milk stout with pumpkin pie spices. Yeah, I, feel like I that's, want to try that. If I've got more, you can have one when you come over in a couple of weeks. Um, Good. I feel like this beer and your shirt match. They do. You're festive once again. And so Always my fall. We are 13 days away from Halloween. Excited for that. We take a walk around the neighborhood a lot of nights, and so all the blow-ups are up and mm-hmm. just like flips. I was telling somebody today, there's no like, like you or I have seen something before. And so we're not like, oh my gosh, every time, but like a three-year-old, <laughs> I don't know if they don't remember that they just saw that yesterday. No, they just, it's like wild. We have like, um, blow up ghosts in our front yard, or I don't even know what exactly they are, but like specter or something. I don't know. There's yeah. three of them and they're huge. And every single time the babies walk out, they're like, <sighs> they're like, hi ghosties. And when we drive by, they have to wave to them and uh, it's super cute. But yes, it's like a new thing every single time. It's like, these have been up in our yard since, you know, the end of September, but okay. Yeah. Bryant wakes up every morning and we have a little, I mean, you've seen Coco, right? We have, Yeah. you'll see it when you come over, but it's uh, Miguel with his face painted and then Dante there next to him. He's guys. Get yeah. And every morning, Bryant comes out. He's like, Coco, Coco, yeah, <laughs> and it's really cute. Like so, I love it. Um, yeah, we are a hundred percent in the, in the, in the season, in the mood, whatever. I don't know. We're here. Um, okay, easy week for me. Like you said, Florida State, Florida State has not lost in over three weeks, so that's fun. Um, did not know that we'd get a three week stretch without Florida State losing, and mm-hmm. and we'll talk about who their opponent is this week. It probably will get to four. It probably will get to four plus. Um, because of who their opponent is next. But before we get into that fun, we have some other fun to discuss, and that was Florida's weekend this weekend. Uh, took on LSU as a two-score favorite uh, in Baton Rouge, a team that was absolutely decimated by injury and opt-out, and a team that had, unbeknownst to us until after the game, a team that had mutually agreed to part ways with their coach mm-hmm. uh, before the the game had happened. Uh, LSU scores late to win by a touchdown. Florida can't answer. Uh, LSU is 49 to 42, uh, winning their ninth out of 12 games against Florida. Um, we have a lot to talk about with this. We have a lot to talk about with follow-up from this, but I'll let you have the floor and let you talk about your thoughts after that game. And, and since, um, Well, you know, last week I took a lot of uh, grief from you about not being happy with Florida's defense after a 42 to nothing shutout against Vanderbilt. 
And I think, and a lot of Gator fans felt that way. I was not alone in feeling like that score did not really reflect what we watched on the field per se. And I think that what we watched on Saturday is why Gator fans were upset the week before. Florida's defense is not good. It's not. But, you know, and I think there there have been times where I've been super upset and, you know, blamed Grantham and, you know, sitting in a game next to Eric and he'll say, you know, that scheme is sound, that that player's out of position or this, you know, this was on this guy, this was on this guy. And then there were times that he's like, yeah, yeah that was a completely wrong scheme for what, you know, uh, what we needed to play right there. My problem with Saturday is that Florida's defense made zero adjustments the entire game. When you've got, you know, couch quarterbacks that are telling you exactly what play LSU is going to run before they run it, you know that what they're doing is predictable. This is a team who hadn't run much the entire season. I think they got close to their their season total average rushing yards just against Florida, right? No adjustments were made at all. And if you are going to score 42 points, if you are going to block a punt, and if you are going to have zero penalties, there is no excuse for not winning that game. I understand interceptions were thrown. That does not help. But if when you score that many points and you don't have any penalties, there is no excuse to lose that game. I, I think that there's a lot of blame to go around. I don't love some of the comments that that came out after the game from from certain players or, you know, blaming the scheme or or alluding to what the problem is. I don't love that because I'm I very much think you you keep in-house stuff in-house that playing it out in the media is not beneficial for anybody involved. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it wasn't pretty. I think that Dan Mullen has put himself in a position where he's going to have to make um, a me or him choice with Todd Grantham. I don't think that Dan Mullen is gone after the season. I don't think that that's something that's being discussed. I don't think he's being replaced. I do think if he doesn't make massive changes to his defensive coaching staff before going into next season, that the seat that becomes hot is his. Because at that point, it's neglecting a problem. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, we can say all we want. Well, you know, earlier in the year, look at Florida's defensive statistics or look at this or look at that. I'm here to tell you stats lie. OK, if you have two eyes and you have ever watched college football before and you've watched Florida's defense this year, you don't think they're good. All right. But where they're not good is fundamental football. None of these guys came into this program and forgot how to play football. Right. If they need if they need coaching up in certain areas and they don't have it, that is on the coach, yeah. uh, you know, and well, the biggest, the biggest problem is that you're absolutely right about all of this. And we knew all of this 12 months ago. And so, yeah. um, this reminds me so much of the latter years of the Jimbo Fisher era that it's not even funny, um, where a coach and these coaches are prideful, Right, yeah. they all are right. They're getting paid millions upon. I mean, Dan Mill is a top ten paid coach in the league. He sure isn't coaching like a top ten coach in the league this year, but he's a top ten paid coach in the league in in all of football, not just the SEC. Yeah. Right, um, and um, these guys are prideful. Right, and he's been working with Grantham for a long time, and so not only is it their pride, but who's been working with Grantham Mullen? I mean, he's worked working with him four years. 
That's a, I mean, prior to that, Grantham was at Georgia, right? Like, was Grantham with him at Mississippi State? Was Grant, I think, was Grantham with was him? Was he? I don't know. Sure. I, well, sure. I just know that he was but at I, Georgia after, I, we were, after we were at Florida because he did the throat slash to Chaz Henry when Chaz Henry had to kick a field goal. He was our punter that followed Eric. Um, our, our kicker got hurt, um, Caleb Sturgis. So to win the game, the Florida-Georgia game, Chaz Henry had to go out and kick like something like, I don't know, 50, yeah, two yard yeah. field goal, something like that. He was, um, but he was, um, he was at Georgia he was, for, he was, at, he was at Mississippi State for a year. So he was hired okay. in a mall. So this is his fifth over. year with it's Mullen. And I mean, and I don't long, know what their personal relationship is before that, but well, it's got to be pretty good if he kept him after last year, I would assume. Well, I mean, here's the now, thing. but here's, I, well, that's my take is I mean, we all saw the defense last year. We saw the yeah. defense across Florida game after game after game. And uh, you know they lost the they lost the Texas A&M game last year because of the defense. Sure, offense was pretty bad against LSU, so I won't hang that completely on them. But they lost I mean, the they had a the record-breaking yeah. offense that had a bad game. You're not right. playing. You're, so, college kids are not playing right. perfect football, but so like, you have we, to allow your offense. Uh, your defense has to win those games that your all, offense isn't. We all knew the decision that should have been made last year, and yeah. so again, it reminds me so much of the Jimbo Fisher era because we all come. Charles Kelly had a great year in 2014-2015. Great statistical year. And Grantham had a great statistical year his first year too. Well, and, and then you it know, got significantly worse and worse and worse. And Jimbo Fisher never would cut bait with Charles Kelly. Like that was yeah. his boy. That was his buddy. They don't want to cut bait with their guys that they've been with for years. There's a loyalty there. They think they're going to turn it around. And so well, it's very interesting to me. I do think Mullen feels the heat enough to where he will make a decision. Yeah. Like, I none of us would be shocked if he didn't. Like, I think it's like 70, 30. I think there's a decent chance that he doesn't get rid of them. Um, I will be highly surprised. Especially based on his comments in the, I mean, based on his comments and the way that he's answering stuff. I don't mind the comments and here's why I don't, I don't appreciate a coach that got up there that was like, Oh yeah, we're going to be doing some evaluating. This guy shouldn't even be on my, co-. like, I don't, Again, like I said earlier, I don't like the idea of bringing, of opening the doors of your house. Like I think keep your problems inside and deal with them. I think that I sort of understood not getting rid of Grantham last year, even though I didn't love it. I was a fan of him being gone. I've, I've honestly never been a fan of Grantham as a coach, period. I think that third and Grantham is a thing, right? Georgia fans used to say that. Like well, I, this is a pattern not, in his you're not being career. Paid million, you're not being paid seven, $8 million to do that. And so the decision no. to not get rid of Grantham last year does not fall on your head. It falls well, completely right, on Mullen. Right, right? Right. That is but Mullen's mistake my, to not get rid of My him. point is that I understand the concept of wanting to get your own guys in and thinking that like, you know, it's going to improve when we have our own people in place, but it's gotten worse. It hasn't improved. If anything, it's gotten worse. Um, and that is a problem. And it's wild to me. We, we talked about this a lot last season. I don't think we've really hit on it this season, but it's wild to me. Florida for, you know, 15 years was known as having this, a, such a stout defense and the problem was offense. And truly, even in our 2006 national championship season, I, revisionist history is crazy among Florida fans. Like you, you know, now they talk about those teams, like they, you know, are, are just Florida football heroes. And it's just a part of our folklore. Well, I can tell you that during the 2006 season, the amount of crap these players took from fans because they just did barely enough to win 
a lot of these games. Like they beat Tennessee 21-20. They beat, I mean, they're a lot of these games were really close because Florida's offense didn't fully put it together. And it's just Florida has been a defensive powerhouse for a very long time. So it's a wild shift, I think, for Gator fans to see all of a sudden like a more competent offense. And I mean, last year, a record-setting offense that truly, if the defense just played a, I don't know, a a mediocre game each and every week, Florida potentially could have run the table. But they so played and and two to look at things through the other lens, some of that is the state of college football now, too. Thousand percent. So, thousand like, percent. so part of this is the expectations are a little bit high. Like we we give we give yes. Grantham a, we give Grantham a tough time for giving up forty nine, but unless you give up forty two as well, you know, like those yeah. athletes are they have more talent on their team. Like they've recruited better over the last. They have. Years. So like, they have. And, and they give up forty two. Like it was one touchdown. It's not like. You guys scored 14 and they scored 49. But you know, I so think it's but it's the, it's all of it combined, right? Sure. You have one you game look at that you give up world. 49 points to LSU. And honestly, that's not the end of the world to me. I know the kind of athletes that LSU recruits. I honestly don't even care what the record states because I know how LSU can play football. I've watched it with my own eyes for a lot, a lot of years, but it's the it's everything put together. It's the week before the amount of missed tackles, the amount of guys that were not in place, the penalties. It was, I mean, they're just, it's the culmination of the fact that there's guys out there who don't look like they know the fundamentals, can't tackle. I wish we kept, I knew stats on the amount of people that touched the ball carrier before he was brought down because it would be insane. It would be insane numbers. It's never the first person that that touches him that makes a tackle for Florida. It's like the fifth. Um, and the other thing that was kind of um, concerning to me, and I really almost hesitate to say this because I, I'm i trying to word this in a way. I, I don't like it when when those of us that sit here with a microphone talk about the effort that or a player a gives or without a microphone <laughs> that a player <laughs> gives or doesn't give because I don't think that that's something that um, anybody can fully evaluate except for them and their coaches. But to me it looked like there was not a hundred percent effort and it looked different than it had in some other games. And I think that basically here you are, let's say that none of this is actually Todd Grantham's fault. I don't know what world makes that that happens in, but let's say it's not. I think his locker room thinks it is. So I almost think it doesn't actually matter whose fault it is right now, because I think that there's a disconnect between him and his players that I don't know is fixable so at this point, you cut bait, right? Strong. So even if you're Mullen and you're convinced that Grantham is not actually the problem, I don't know that you have any other choice to get rid of him unless you are willing to lose the locker room as well, which I hope he isn't. So here's the biggest thing with that is that you – I wouldn't say that Mullen is on the hot seat just yet. Some right. of those articles I don't, I don't have come out. But I do think that he's like a year away from the hot seat, right? Like yeah. I think he's I – think, I think next year – if they drop to teams that are in the Kentucky realm, and I know LSU's got a lot of talent, but I mean, if we revisit LSU's record this year, they got handled by UCLA. Uh, they beat McNeese State. They beat Central Michigan, and they beat Mississippi State. Then they got beat by Auburn at home, and then they got handled by UK. Uh, so LSU is, you know, I know we're having our UNC-LSU debate all year. LSU's a lot of talent, but not a good team. Like, there's sure. no excuse for Florida to have lost it. This sure, year I agree to LSU. With that. 
Uh, LSU is not a good team. Right. Talented team. And and what it almost looks like is, you know, say Vandy, who is just the worst, you know, even though they're SEC, one of the worst power five teams out there. Like Vandy's really bad. And that is yeah. what it is. Florida just what the Florida looks like right now is they just look like they find a way to lose to anybody. High scoring game against LSU, find a way to lose. Low yeah. scoring game against Kentucky, find a way to lose. You know, yeah. Alabama, dogfight, find a way to lose. Right. Like yeah. there's just it doesn't matter who it is. I mean, or they were a better against- team against in a dogfight with Alabama than they were against an LSU team that is potentially yeah. not going to be bowl so, eligible. Like that's crazy, so right? Here's the biggest thing: if Mullen Mullen's not on the hot seat now, but what right. I will say I, I is that is. with with Jim McElwain's players, he won 10, 11 games back to back years, mm-hmm. and now with his players, he's about to go. I know you're still big on this. We're going to beat Georgia train, but let's be honest: Florida's not beating Georgia. He's about to go with his own players. He's about to go eight and four in back-to-back years, right? Right. And so if he gets rid of Grantham, which is probably the right thing to do, right? he needs to hit a home run. Sure. Because there's going to be a learning curve with the new players that come in. Sure. There's going to be, again, the trend has been downward with his guys. And I'm not saying that it'll continue to go down, but- Sure. You got to get a guy that not only is going to- Work with We're your defense more. on the field. You got to get yeah. a, a out of the ballpark recruiter. It he's got to be amazing because yeah. if not, Mullen's going to put Grantham on the chopping block and be the scapegoat this year. And we all understand that that'll buy him more time. Not in the sense that he was going to get fired this way anyway. But okay, it was Grantham's fault. We fired him. We moved on. But if if they go seven and five or eight and four next year, right? If they lose yeah. to these teams that are Kentucky level, yeah. Or down your LSU level, right? We, we would we would both anticipate that Tennessee is a little better next year than they were this year. We would both anticipate that Florida State is a little bit better than they were this year, right? Like I still think Florida beats Florida State. Like I'm not into that, but you've got Georgia again. You've got these, you know. So if he goes eight and four again next year with the new DC, we can say it wasn't the DC. Right, like, or he made a bad hire, and then he's really in trouble. Right, like, eighty four right. is just not cutting it. That's not the game right. standard. That's not so. Right, I I think getting rid of Mullen is the right. I'm sorry, getting rid of Grantham is the right decision for Mullen to make. But he needs to hit it out of the park. I mean, he needs to hire a Manny Diaz that gets fired from Miami this year. Yeah, a really good defensive coordinator that can recruit Worker, and right. be really really good on the field, and hope that his defense that has been crap for the last four years can finally figure sorry three years can finally figure it out and put it all together in one year because right. it's going to be a big learning curve and it's going to be a lot of work right and, and that's another reason why these head coaches hang on to these guys is because not only okay in all reality mullen doesn't have three years for like a, a good transition learning curve new classes new development come in like mullen needs a defensive coordinator to come in next year and make it work with all and of his guys. It, yeah. And, and what's more, you know, there's not a right answer to this. This is totally, but like, there's obviously the chance that Mullen makes a bad hire with the defensive sure. coordinator. Sure. And so, like, what's more realistic, right? You're 50 50 of a good defensive hire or a bad defensive hire and guys picking it up, or you're 50 50 of like guys finally getting Grantham's thing or guys being, you know, like, it's like, you know, darn if you do, darn if you don't, right? Like it's a tough position to be in. Uh, and there's no right or wrong answer, you know, because Grantham has shown he can do it 
in the past. Like Florida has had good defenses in the past under him. It only happened once. It's like one out of four years. But, um, you know, so maybe that's like a 25%. But if you guess wrong, you're kind of in trouble. So, yeah, I do think he's got to move on. But at the end of the day, I don't know. It's, it's a disappointing year for Florida. They'll yeah. probably finish eight and four and then play in a – a mid-level bowl game that a bunch like of guys the are going to check out. Or something, yeah. right. But a bunch of guys are going to check out. Um, and uh, let's talk about this side. It feels like Dan Mullen has finally pulled his head out of his tail and is probably going to start the right quarterback going forward. Do you, do you think this is now Anthony so, Richardson's team? This is hard for me to comment on because I did not get to watch the game live. I um, Hadley and Hayden had five hours of gymnastics on Saturday. We literally had – an iPad set up on the stroller and I'm trying to watch them compete and watch. So what I've seen, I have not watched the whole game. So it is uh, like, I want to preface anything I say with that because I don't feel like it feels like I'm being truthful. uh, If I don't, Um, this is where I'm at. I think that both guys have made a lot of mistakes. I think that there is a, We don't know what goes on in practice. We don't know what goes on in the locker room. And I do think that that's an important aspect. However, where I am at is we've got a guy that this is his fourth year in in the system and a guy going on his second year in the system. If they're both making the same mistakes, give me the young guy. Let's give him a chance to learn. This season's shot already. Let's groom him to be the future. I don't, neither one of them is an awesome option at this exact moment. Neither one of them is really in a position to be a difference maker in winning the games. From what I saw last week, I feel like Anthony Richardson um, could keep drives going immediately after he threw interceptions, if that makes sense. Like he throws an interception, but the next time he's out there, he shakes it off and he's able to move the ball. Florida's able to be productive again. With Emery, it feels very stagnant. It feels very stuck. Like it doesn't – It so – And I'll say this too. I think they both handled this incredibly. When you think about the age that these guys are, are the pressure that they've had put on them. Emery has been way more scrutinized than he would be if AR didn't exist. Right. We see what he's done the first couple of games and play and fans clamor for that, which makes them judge what Emery's doing a lot harder. Emery's had some good games this season. He's made some decent plays. I think that he's a serviceable quarterback. I just am in the position where I feel like if we've got two guys that are both capable of making not great choices, not great decisions, and not maybe showing the progress that we would like to see either one of them in this game developing where they are, give me the younger guy. So in, in watch, I watched the full, I watched the whole game. Yeah. Um, and what I will say is that Emory looked incredible. Incredibly average, uh, average to bad, um, mm-hmm. was not sharp, um, not good throwing the ball, not good passing the ball. Um, they both finished with two interceptions. Anthony Richardson's was very into the game. I don't know if you caught it or not. When he was kind of being yeah. dragged down, it was it was kind of a Jameis Winston hero ball kind of throw. Like, I'm being dragged down. Let me just throw it up and see if somebody can make a play. And it was not advised like he should have just taken the sack and lived to play another down he didn't try to try to play that hero ball and, and it just didn't work out um his confidence level and, and i i don't know i don't know if lsu prepared for emory and you know that's where it threw it off but 
Anthony Richardson not only led the team in passing, he led the team in rushing. Not that it was a ton. He had 37 yards and a touchdown. A lot of that came on one rush, which was a 25-yard long um, rush. But uh, Anthony looks better in this game. I don't know that he will look a ton better against Georgia because of the quality of opponent. And so that is what's very, very important. I do want to play this and get your take on it. So let me see if I can add this to the stream. Let's play this video. This is from uh, David Waters' podcast mm-hmm. um, when he had this gentleman on it, part of the Mississippi State beat, just at, right as Mullen was hired. So let's play this and we get your take on it. TJ, it stopped playing for me. The, the audio stopped playing. So, um, something that was, that was 2018. Like, that's not like a right. recent thing that was before right. was over. And so definitely Mullen's MO and not to say that he's wrong about it. Um, but there are some guys that just get in or in our gamers, right? There are some guys that do not practice as well. And just when the lights come on, they are that guy. Like they, they say back in college, he wasn't terrible, but that like Jameis wasn't a very good practice quarterback. Uh, but then when the lights came on, I mean, obviously he was good on the field, you know, at Florida State. So something that Mullen has seemingly gone to his whole career. Um, I saw Lorenzo Lingard tweet, five-star transfer. Uh, yeah, I saw his too, but he it also. Was, it was much, very much like, hey, dude, I just got to wait my turn, but I trust the price. He didn't do it like in a way to slam Mullen. But it was yeah. like, hey, I just gotta wait my turn, you know, and I'll, I'll get my chance eventually. But don't, don't, don't not believe in me or whatever. I, I didn't think he did it like in a distasteful way. I didn't think. Well, he was, like, earlier the in the season, he did tweet a bunch of stuff and uh, had some issues about saying essentially that he thought he deserved more. But I'm talking about in week one and week two, and this is somebody who just transferred in, and so. And, and I mean, we had good running backs last year. We just had a stable of them. And we also had a quarterback who threw at a huge stable of wide receivers. So I don't, I I will take what I'm not saying. I don't believe what Lingard says. I'm just taking it with a grain of salt based on previous behavior of his this season. Sure. Um, but it is, is what I'll say. it is consistent with Matt's. Well, this know, is what I'll say. Um, one, he said seemingly, and I think that that is important. He, he, from his opinion, from covering this team, he thinks that Mullen, you know, 
plays seniors over freshmen or whatever. I think, and I mean, maybe Mullen's twisting the lesson here, but this is, this is honestly a page out of Urban Meyer's playbook. Urban Meyer was very big on you earn everything you got. Urban was really huge about um, the way that he treated walk-ons because he felt like everything on this team being equal, you get out exactly what you put in. And so he always, always, always treated them equal to the scholarship players as long as they worked hard. And whoever worked the hardest in practice earned what they got, whether it be they had um, like Champions Club, which was this thing where you had to have attended every practice. Your grades had to be this good. You had to do this. You had to do that. You had to whatever. And if you hit all those benchmarks each quarter, semester, whatever it was, you got to have a steak dinner. If you didn't, you had to eat purposely burned hot dogs um, like on the picnic tables. And um, anyway, that was kind of one of his motivating things. So it sounds almost like Mullen is trying to kind of use a play, a page out of of Mullen or Myers but book at the end of the day, if he's not playing um, the more talented guys and it's costing him wins like that, he's, yeah, no, no I mean, that's face. not, it doesn't make right. sense to, to play a less talented person just because you feel like you owe them something. This is college football. I do like the idea of you earn your place, but I think that there's got to be ways for younger guys to earn their place too. just especially, showing up every day for three years. Isn't enough to earn your place, especially in today's college football. Sure. If, I, if I'm Anthony, the transfer portal. Yeah. If I'm Anthony Richardson, I don't start against Georgia. I'm transferring. No matter what happens to the end of this year, I'm out of here. You know, and yeah. his answer about that wasn't super convincing until he got well, until and, his, yeah, his follow-up until, tweet. Until basically you have told him, like, hey, clarify this, please, and put out you a know, tweet. But uh, yeah, yeah, if I'm if if I'm the better guy and you're not playing me because you feel loyal to the other guy or whatever the situation yeah. is, I'm leaving. Yeah, you know, don't you know, I don't want to be your second date. I, I you would, know, if we were dating, I don't, want to point, be, I don't want to be your second. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to go just to spite you at that point. Cause there's a whole host of teams that would take Anthony Richardson to start as their quarterback. I mean, here's so, the thing. So I, be very interesting to see who starts. I am. Team. I would have been less likely to want to see Anthony Richardson starting if last weekend hadn't happened at this point. I don't really know what Florida has to lose. I, am concerned that the reason he's not our starter is because he doesn't know enough of the playbook to be Florida starter. I'm willing to find out. All right. I'm willing to, uh, but this is what I would want to see. I want him to, to see a whole game. I don't want to see a few packages for each one of them. I think that that's honestly, uh, Spurrier is the one that said, if you have two quarterbacks, you really have none. And I think that there's some truth to that in this situation. I think it's made it harder on both of them to ever get into any sort of groove um, when they're going back and forth. And I think it's probably not been great for either one of their psyches. It certainly, I don't think, could be good for Jones's psyche. Um, but I would be all for seeing an all Anthony Richardson, Georgia. And let's see what happens, right? Like, for, Georgia probably wins by 30. But go ahead. <laughs> but what do they win by if, if you play uh, all probably Emory? It's probably the same thing. I don't know. I don't know. I'm willing to see. So I want to play one more clip and then we will uh, move on from this. I just want to get your take on, on this. Um, Just how different this was put together. I saw this on Twitter. Um, Let's watch this and then we'll talk about it after. I can't hear it. You can't hear anything. Mm Mm-mm.
Can't hear anything? Mm-mm. Nope. Uh, let me back this out and see if I can share it on my screen. Okay. Anything? Very, very faint docking. So I, I'm not, I can't hear any of his quotes, but basically is this is just a summary of him not being, not, not sounding as angry as the years go by about a loss or. Yeah, I'll, I wish I could have played it, but he is, I'll send it to you and, and we can talk about it later, but yeah. yeah, he essentially just sounds beaten down and worn yeah. out. And in 2018, it was, I'm going to kick your ass and I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. 2019, it was the Gator standard and we're going to do this and, my expectations are higher than anyone else's in Gator Nation. And then in 2020, um, things got a, little, a lot more mellow. And then 2021, they asked him, you know, would you say that you got out coached? And he immediately went to, no, we, 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 yeah, we, we had more yards than them. Yeah. So, no, I don't think I was out coached when, I mean, you know, we all know that yards don't mean, I mean, Florida State out, outgained. Virginia Tech when they lost 24 to 3 in Willie Taggart's right. first game, you know, outgaining out someone means absolutely nothing well, in them. Right. You know, the scoreboard, and, that's the only stat that we care about after correct. the game's over. And then they asked him something else and, you know, again, just kind of a, a meek mild just I don't know. I mean, we'll, you know, they oh, they asked him about um, you know, the bye week and he said, "Well, I'll 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 know if it was a good bye week or not after 2 weeks, you know, we'll figure it out." So just, you know, we went from like I'll I'll kick your ass with thumb wrestle and the Gator standard and this, that, and the other to just, well, I did my job, you know, right. We have yeah. more yards than they did. And I don't know about it. Just, it's, it's definitely a different tone. It's definitely yeah. wearing on them. When you lose one or two games a year, it, it's not so bad when you lose four back to back years. I mean, you could, well, just, you could listen, tell that Steve Spurrier is probably the most beloved Florida football coach in, in our school's history. And he will tell you that part of the reason he made the jump for the to the NFL, and he has said this numerous times, is because of the pressure that this job carries. And it's a lot. And it's not for the faint of heart, right? And I think that Dan Mullen is feeling that right now. It's really fun. And, and Gator Nation is loud and rambunctious and great when you're winning. And maybe every fan base is like this when you're losing. I don't know. But the higher the standards, the louder the, the noise when you're not meeting that standard. And I, this job, there's a reason that no one has kept this job for decades at Florida. And a lot of it has to do with the people that sit in those stands or don't and sit behind a keyboard or whatever. And fair or not, you know, when you sign up for an $8 million job, you got to take whatever's thrown your way, no matter what. But this is a pressure cooker job. This is not a job that is fun when you lose at all. And I could definitely see where years of that are wearing. But for me, I, from the, from the Dan Mullen that, that we know have interacted with that coached Eric, 
I doubt that this has any influence on his love of the game, on what's going on in the locker room. Like, I think he's probably just freaking over answering questions. And that's not necessarily fair, right? That's part of your job when you sign up to be the head coach at a major university. But I don't think that this is some kind of indicator of him having one foot out the door, like what's been, uh, you know, talked about a lot this week or that he's lost the locker room or anything like that, because I don't think any of those things are true. I think that Dan Mullen loves UF. I think that the, the locker room loves him. And I think that they're not a great football team right now. So I don't necessarily know what the answer is outside of the fact that I would love to see a new defensive coordinator. I, I trust Mullen with this offense. And if he tells me whoever needs to start or whatever, I honestly, I believe him because I think that he is that good of an offensive mind. I think where Dan Mullen is struggling right now is in the role of CEO, which is the responsibility of the head coach. I don't think that it's anything really about the X's and O's that are anything that are giving him any sort of, um, issues i think that yeah, i mean he's a great offensive responsibility I mean, at the end of the day he's a he's a great offensive coordinator he's not a great recruiter and he's not a great ceo and that's so okay. i mean i think he like, can, can be a great he, ceo he and i can think, be but, but he hasn't shown it yet i think people that i think i think he's people, shown it some i think that this is not his know. best max, moment right yeah, now with max players he looked pretty good i think that people saw the mistakes, but I mean, Mac didn't look good with Max players. So, like, there was Mac a lot won, of Mac won ten games back to back years too. I mean, there's you a know, reason Max not a coach at Florida know, anymore. I mean, there's a reason Mullen's not going to be in a couple of years. You know, he's going to get a little more leverage because he was here for the two national titles. But I mean, I think Mullen is going to be fine. Would be, Mullen would be the best offensive coordinator in college football anywhere he went. But yeah. he might he might not be head coach material. We know he's not a great recruiter. And we know he can't hire a defensive coordinator to save his life. I mean, so, he has not, he's hired a bunch at Florida. He's hired one. And he's kept that one, right? Yeah. Like he hasn't hired and another I, one. He said that for three years that he should hire another one. And so if he can do that, if he can do that, if he can do that well next year, then yeah, he gets a little bit more credit. But yeah, he's not been a good CEO in his time at a UF. I mean, that's pretty clear. I, I mean, I don't think, I think that that's a way overstatement that he hasn't been a good CEO in his whole time at UF. I don't think that that's accurate at all. I think that this season, he has not and been a great season. CEO. I think he, last season was a great season for Florida. Last season could have been really spectacular had uh, Grantham not been Florida's defensive coordinator. And who hired him? Uh, I'm not saying he didn't. I'm just saying I don't think it's fair to say he hasn't been a good CEO at Florida at all. I I don't think think that's a fair statement. Mullen is two and six in his last eight games against Power Five teams. I mean, we're splicing, we're putting a bowl game in there where he didn't play with a single starter. Mike Norvell, previous. I mean, as bad as Florida State is, Mike Norvell is three and five in his last eight Power Five games. If there's Florida State, if Florida State beats UMass this week. Which are we really? Are you really? Are we really going to compare if, that? If Florida State beats UMass this week, both team both teams are four and six in their last ten. Uh, I don't understand why we're splicing as, together seasons as, this year. This year, that's what matters. It's okay. we're gonna, Why don't we okay. take all that's of last season and this I'm fine season? With that. Then let's do like, just this year. If Florida State beats UMass, they're three and four, and Florida's four and three. Right. So Dan Mellon is one win better than Mike Norvell. Yes. This year. That's well, not good. Played, that's not the, that's the number not the one standard. team in the country. That I mean, come on. I mean, whatever you want to call it, whatever you want to do is fine. 
But if that's how you have to justify it, that Florida is one game better than Florida State, as bad as Florida State is, they're mm-hmm. one game, one game better. Like, that's not good. Well, right? we'll like, see what would say- when the season plays out because they're not going to be one game difference by the end of the time. But it makes zero right sense now. to take the half of last season and splice it with the half of this season. We can compare two seasons combined if you'd like all of it, or we compare this season. But cherry picking when we're going to start counting losses is in his last eight games. Mullen is two and six against Power Five opponents. That's not good. Right? So what is he in the last 10? What is he in the last 12? Like, why do we... In the last 10, he's probably four and six. So why do we pick up eight? Because that's what makes the record look the worst? I, I mean, mean, that's... Is, is two and six in your last eight acceptable to the Gator standard? We're talking no matter- about two separate seasons. I don't... I, like, I'm not... I, I cannot even wrap my brain around why that makes any sense at all to splice is, it in that way. Is... Okay, so let's just do this year. Is two and three against power five opponents good enough for Mullen and no. Gator Standard? No. Okay. Well, then you have your answer, right? It's pretty bad. Yeah, it's not great. It's it, but I'm not. I but he's going to figure it out. But Dan he's going to he's going to figure it all out this offseason. He's going to hire a good DC, and Florida will win twelve and zero next year. When you're doing your predictions next From year, your you lips have, to God's ears, you, you will have Florida with their first ever undefeated season. Um, like I said, I think the end of this Mullen regime, because I do think it's winding down. I think it's maybe two years left in it. Um, it looks so much like the end of the Jimbo Fisher era. And, um, I think Mullen is wishing that some NFL team would have taken the last year when he floated his name out there. Um, it's so, so similar, like I said, to the end of the FSU era, minus that national championship that Jimbo won. That was the big difference between the two teams. Um, Florida State plays UMass this weekend. Uh, Thirty-five point favorites. I don't know how you watch Florida State this year. I mean, they did look really good against North Carolina. I don't know how you watch Florida State this year and uh, peg them as thirty-five point favorites. I don't know if they cover that or not. I'll probably pick them too, just to be a homer. But uh, Florida State will get to three and four this weekend. I am confident they will not have a Jacksonville State type meltdown loss after this weekend, uh, and then they'll go into a Clemson game that I think is winnable. Did you watch that Clemson yeah, Syracuse game the other night? I did. Yeah, I did. Like, and Clemson I actually is, I was like, damn, Florida State's going to beat this team. Like, Clemson should have lost to Syracuse on Friday. They should have lost to Boston College, who they beat in overtime. Yeah. yeah. Um, Clemson should be like one and four right now. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, like two and five, sorry. Or two and two and four. Um, it's crazy. Clemson's really, really bad. They're going to lose to Pitt. It's this interesting weekend. because this is a similar fall to what we saw for LSU after winning their national championship. And I, I mean, it's not like they don't have the talent. It's crazy. Yeah. I, I'm saying quarterback play is so, so important. And, and that's where you see major drop-offs. And this DJ right. kid is terrible. They went from Taj Boyd yeah. to Deshaun Watson to uh, Goldilocks, um, Trevor Lawrence, um, and now to this DJ kid who is terrible. Yeah. They are scoring. You know, I know it's it's not all apples and oranges. I know they played um, they played uh, Georgia first game, and that kind of screwed with their stats a little bit. But I want to say like for this, which is season, really interesting. That score is just gets like more and more perplexing as the season goes on, right? The Clemson yeah. Georgia game. For the year, 
Clemson scored 123 points. Um, I want to say that – here, let's check it real quick while we're on here just so I make sure I get it correct. But I don't think that we are world beaters by any stretch of the imag- imagination. But uh, Clemson scored 123 points this year. Florida State, their 2-4 and four record uh, – has scored 160, right? So a good four more touchdowns than than Clemson has. And Clemson put up 45 of those points against an FCS opponent, which we saw what Florida State did when they played their FCS opponent. And so if you take out that 17 that we scored against Jacksonville State and you take out their 45, it's more like 80 to 150. You know, like we almost doubled them up against Power 5 opponents. So I'm not guaranteeing an FSU win. I'm not saying that that's a sh- that's in the bag or anything like that. But right, what would shock you? Well, are you still picking Florida against Georgia? I'm so still picking you- Florida against Georgia. Oh, I wish I could ask anyone but you this question. But <laughs> I think that Florida and and we'll see when when the odds come out next week. I'm gonna you know mark this down. Odds of FSU, Clemson, and then UGA, UF. I think Florida State has a better chance to upset Clemson than I think Florida does to upset. I Clemson. think they do for sure. I don't know that I think that Florida State beating Clemson is an upset. I mean, it will be because they'll be favored. It'll be on the road. If that game was in Tallahassee, I'd pick FSU. Like I'd pick yeah. FSU outright if that game was in Tallahassee. Um, but Florida State, their big thing is like, can they can they come off of that big North Carolina win, then a bye week, and then probably a beatdown of UMass, right? Like that is going to be a game that they probably win comfortably. Even if they don't cover the spread, if they win by 21, it'll feel good to win a game by three touchdowns. Um, and then they go into that Clemson game healthy. Yeah. I think they might win. I mean, yeah. I just don't think, and, and if you lose to Clemson by three, like that's a win too. Right. right? Like I, I'm all for moral victories this year. Right. Four State's not good. And so if you told me at the beginning of the year, you only lose to Clemson by three, you could sell that. You know, these recruits aren't watching every single game. They don't, you know, hey, man, we're right there with Clemson. We lost by three. You know, like you need to become and be the – you're that three-point difference. So, anyway, all four of the moral victories. I can totally tell that you're a recruiter by profession. (laughs) I think that – I think that Clemson is terrible. And I think that we have a good chance of beating them. I'm not calling that a win for sure. Sure. I think we have a great chance of beating them. Uh, UGA is far and above the best team in the country. I know you hate to hear that. I know you probably, maybe you still don't believe that or not. It doesn't matter. You will believe that in late January when you have to believe it. But UGA is so good. That's not even funny. A Kentucky team that absolutely mopped the floor with LSU just the week prior um, was held to seven points for the first 59 minutes and 57 seconds. Now they did score on the last play of the game with three seconds left to, to cut in the lead, making it look a little bit more respectable. But right. UGA just disposes of everyone that they play uh, every single week. And they get a bye week this week, just like you guys do. And so sure. it'll be very telling. Their their last test is is next week. Uh, right. we, we'll obviously talk about the cocktail party a ton sure. on next week's episode um, and what that's going to look like. But that is their last test of the year. ESPN gives Georgia an 82% chance to win that game gives Florida an 18% chance to win that game. Um, I am very interested to see how that kind of goes down, what ends up happening there. Um, I do like Georgia to win it, but 
Georgia could, in all reality, lose that game, and they're they're already a lock for um, Atlanta. If they win out, obviously they'll they'll get to the playoffs. So um, they are freaking unreal this year. Their defense is special, and it'll be whether or not somebody else can uh, can run into them that uh, can can kind of dethrone what they do. Cincinnati. Uh, at uh, number two overall, Oklahoma at three, Bama at four, Ohio State five. Um, I talked about next weekend. There are a lot of fun games. Georgia plays Florida. Yeah, a lot of good um, ones. Georgia plays Florida. Unfortunately, Florida couldn't hold up their end of the bargain, and that game will be number one versus an unranked team. Um, but also Clemson, Florida State, which is bad as both those teams are. That's that's a lot of fun. Always. Um, Ohio State plays Penn State. That's a five versus seven. Michigan plays Michigan State. That's a six versus nine. So a lot of good games next weekend for yeah. sure. Um, By the way, thoughts on UGA? Thoughts on UGA? Uh, Sorry. First of all, did, I was just looking up Dan Lanning for a second because I'm convinced that he'll probably be gone at the end of this season, get a head coaching job somewhere else. Do you know he was born in 1986? He's 34 years old. That's crazy, right? More than me. So that's old. Well, it's younger than me, and I do not think Ooh. it's old, but I think that that's uh, you are. Well, I won't say it. Crazy. Um, I think that, that is really young for a. That's really, really young. Uh, played at Missouri. Um, anyway, I, I mean, I Georgia's good, right? Georgia is good. Um, I don't. I'm not well, that took you seven weeks sold, to say that. Not particularly sold on their offense. Um, I think they have a great defense. Unfortunately, um, Florida does not have a good defense, so we'll see how that plays out. However, I like that I think that their strength is defense versus their strength being offense because I, I, I Florida's weakness is defense. So um, I think it's going to be a hard game, right? I, I am going to continue to pick Florida to win. I understand that that's Missouri potentially not, not realistic. I just – have I here's my thing. I have faith in Mullen to figure out the big games. I'm not hundred percent sure that I have faith in Mullen to figure out the Was not LSU big games. a big game. Um, no, but it wasn't a it, it's not a look ahead game. It's not a uh there's no reason to lose to LSU. So I'm not sitting here and telling you, like, you know, I it's not the biggest game on our roster. It's our our, our schedule, it's not the top three on our schedule this year. Three. Yeah, I mean Kentucky a bit. Kentucky's no, higher ranked Georgia. Are we talking about oh, where we're ranked? I'm not talking not, about my my personal feelings about it's that. I'm talking about Kentucky. they're a better team this year. Kentucky wiped the floor with LSU. You just said that five minutes ago. So Alabama, Georgia, Kentucky are better teams than LSU is. So no, it's not it's not a top three game for Florida. There's no excuse to lose to LSU, oh, right? There's not okay, top, top four. four, whatever. There's I'm not making it. I never saw thought, LSU. I never thought, There's no I, I reason to I'd lose to LSU. Day, I never thought I'd see the day where Florida fans put Kentucky against LSU on their on their I know. Team. I weird. I never thought I'd see the day either, but that's what's happening this season. Um, Georgia's good, right? Georgia's got a really good defense. They're a really good team. Really hoping Lane gets a new job and then uh their defense can take a step back. Although probably they'll just pull Will Muschamp out of the uh defensive analysis position he's in right now he's probably really their d coordinator in waiting um he and kirby are good buddies so that means their defense won't take a step back but it's gonna be a hard it's gonna be a tough game it's gonna be a hard fought battle they're a very good football team um if florida wins it will shock 
everyone but me. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't know. It'll shock you too. You're just a homer. I'm not a homer. You are you are definitely a homer than I am. No, you are definitely a homer. Do you know how many times you managed to squeeze Jameis Winston into a conversation during this podcast? There, I guarantee I bet my life on the fact that there's not a single podcast that we've had that doesn't have Jameis Winston's name in it at least once. He has never played college football during the time that we've had a podcast. I'm picking Clemson over Florida State as bad as they are. And you're still picking Florida. Okay. Over Georgia. So like you're, 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 that. you're you doing that just big, so that you could have this argument you right are here. The bigger homer. No, I'm not. Not even close. No, I'm not. Yeah, I know that we just lost to a terrible LSU team whose coaches got fired the day before, and he was coaching for nothing. But I still got us over the best team in the country. <laughs> you Dude, are the Florida biggest played homer. better once Ron Zook got fired than they played before he did. So, so. We both picked Texas, who lost to Oklahoma State outright yeah. last week. Uh, so we both missed that. We both picked Arkansas, who lost to Auburn outright. I took LSU. You took Florida as a double-digit favorite. Um, so I got that one right. You took Kentucky, who on the last play of the game covered the spread against Georgia. Uh, so you got that right. I did not. I took NC State, who covered um, against BC. And then we both took UNC. I went three and three on the week. You went two and four. I pulled ahead of you. I am 20 and 24. You are 19 and 25. So you need a rebound this week or else I'm going to pull ahead and just end up beating you. I hated last year um, because you're a homer. So I like Florida State as a 35-point favorite. I don't know if I like them or not, but I am going to pick us the rest of the way on the spread. So I'll pull the alley on this one. Oh, I'm not. I'll pick Clemson. Florida State's not covering that spread, but I think – but wait, wait, it's against UMass, not Clemson. That's what I meant to say. I don't think that Florida State is scoring 35 uh, points. So give me UMass. I got a scoring 35. I got $25 says we score 35. I mean, you might score 35. I just don't think you win by oh, 35. Okay. Let me say. Um, Iowa State, unranked Iowa State is a seven point favorite against Oklahoma State, who is the eighth ranked team in the country. Yeah, I don't know if I, what does Vegas know that we don't? Oh, I'm going to Oklahoma State here. Yeah, me too. That's weird. Um, Clemson is a three-point underdog against Pitt. I like Pitt to win this and cover. Mm, give me Clemson. Miami is a three-point underdog against NC State. I like NC State here. I like NC State too. Miami's so um, bad. UCLA is a two-and-a-half-point favorite against number 10, Oregon. Unranked UCLA, a two-and-a-half-point favorite against number 10, Oregon. Give me Oregon. I like Oregon as well. Uh, Bama is a 24 and a half point favorite against Tennessee. I like Bama. Yeah, Bama. And then Notre last one, Notre Dame is a seven point favorite against UNC. Uh, I'm sorry, USC. Mm. I like Notre Dame here. Give me USC. All right. So I will probably pull ahead by three or four uh, games next week. <laughs> um, all right. I'm excited for next week. Florida yeah. State will be three and four. I'm manifesting that so we don't blow it against another terrible team. UMass is really, really bad, though, so hopefully that's not the case. Yeah. Um, and then we will recap all of it, and we will talk about how many points the dogs are going to win by on Saturday next week. So um, tune back in. Do you have any closing thoughts? Do you have anything else? I'm just sad that Mullen video wouldn't work. I know. You're going to have to send it to me, and I want to I want to watch it. It was so I, good. <sighs> so. Well. I just, uh, you know, sky's not falling. It's college football, y'all. We begged for months and months and months and months for this to be back. Just enjoy the ride. Um, 
All right, that's all I've got until next time. Go Knowles.